0: second corinthians four four tells us that Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they cannot see the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ blinded them. if ever there were spiritual blinders, we see that this time of the year. We especially see that when it comes to Jews across the world celebrating Passover and yet not seeing that the Passover was pointing to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. It's vital that we who embrace the Word of God, who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we are able to go to the Word of God and demonstrate to all people, and especially to our Jewish friends, that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was predicted in the Word of God. It was part of his mission. And then to mark that Palm Sunday is a demonstration of what is yet future, and that is he will one day rule from Jerusalem. But when he came the first time, he came as a propitiation, uh, the satisfaction, the payment for our sins. Those of us who trust in him, we receive the gift, and it's a total gift, the gift of eternal life. I want to encourage you and by the way I'd invite you to sign up for our weekly prophecy update because I'm going to highlight some of these this coming weekend to know what the word of God said predicting the the future crucifixion of the savior. It's clearly taught in the word of God long before Jesus was even born. And the Passover is a great example of this, but there are numerous other predictions in the Word of God pointing to the promised one of Israel and what would happen to the suffering servant of Isaiah 53, with Isaiah 53 being a classic example of this. But let's begin with the Passover and what we find in terms of Exodus chapter 12. Beginning with verse 43, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it. But every slave that is bought for money may eat of it after you have circumcised him. No foreigner or hired worker may eat of it. And then it says this, verse 46, It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house, and you shall not break any of its bones." And then if we go over to Numbers chapter 9, we have a further description of the Passover meal. And again, Jews around the world in the next couple of days will be marking the Passover. They'll be following these directives that we see in these passages. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and beginning with verse 10. Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If any one of you or your descendants is unclean through touching a dead body or is on a long journey, he shall still keep the Passover to the Lord. In the second month of the 14th day at twilight, they shall keep it. Now, that's exactly what Jews today follow, that directive. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Have you ever actually been part of a Passover meal? I have. And it is amazing to see how it points to what Jesus Christ did in the final days of his life when he offered himself as the Passover lamb. And to think that John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And yet people don't see it. It is the blinders that Satan puts on unbelieving people that can only be removed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we look down at Numbers 9, 12, it says, They shall leave none of it, in other words, the Lamb, "...until the morning, nor break any of its bones according to all the statute for which the Passover they are keeping." Now, when you read that, it seems relatively insignificant until you go to the New Testament and you go to John chapter 19, beginning with verse 31. Now, keep in mind how much time has passed since the original Passover meal and the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. An amazing time frame. And yet the Jews back then were still celebrating Passover and marking it as they are today. And so we go to John chapter 19, and we see that Jesus has died on the cross. One thief on one side, a thief on the other side. And it says, since it was the day of preparation and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. For that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. When you would break the legs of someone being crucified, they were unable to breathe. When the legs were broken, they would be unable to push up in order to take a breath. And so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, one of the thieves. And the other who had been crucified with him. By the way, which thief are you? Good thief who recognized he was a sinner and needed a Savior and turned to Jesus Christ? Or the other thief that literally rejected the Lord Jesus Christ till his bitter end? And his end was eternal wrath under the judgment of God. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs." One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. At once there came out blood and water. He who saw has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows what he is telling is the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another Scripture says they will look on him whom they Have pierced and now we find it fulfilled in the way the crucifixion was handled that Jesus was already dead to confirm that he was dead they put the sword in his side and what came forth was a clear indication that he was truly dead by the way the Romans were experts when it came to crucifixion excrucia they made it a tormenting death in order to strike fear into all those that would oppose uh, Rome's rule in the empire. Now, there are so many other prophecies like this. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 23, it talks about that one would be hung on a tree under God's curse. And then we go to Galatians chapter 3, and we see that Jesus became a curse for us as he hung on that tree. The curse that should rest on us for our sins was placed upon him. We also see the prediction that the promised one, the Mashiach, would be thirsty during his execution. In Psalm 22, verse 15, it says, My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth as he cries out from the cross. And then what do we find in John chapter 19? I'm going to go back to verse 28, and it says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, it was finished, his work was completed. He said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. Tell us, die. It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I can't go past this passage without pointing out that Jesus was in total control to the very end. And when he said, it is finished, he was talking about his sacrificial death. Paying the full price for sin was completed. There are dozens of prophecies that were fulfilled in the very last week of the life of Jesus Christ. For example, Micah chapter 5, verse 1, predicts that they will strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. That was fulfilled when we look at the crucifixion, because Matthew records it this way They spat upon him, took the staff, and struck him on the head again and again. There's more as time allows. I want to share a couple more, but let me tell you this story because it impacted my life greatly. When I was first exposed to someone that had uh, major problems with spiritual oppression, where literally demonic forces had taken control. Now, this does not happen often, fortunately, and it's not something you may ever witness. But I saw this. I can go back several decades now and remember it vividly, because, honestly, I wasn't prepared for it. But in the course of dealing with this individual, asking the Lord to set this person free, we were dealing directly with demonic forces. And in the course of some of the exchanges that took place, that again are vividly etched in my mind, there was one occasion when we were sharing Scripture and talking about the victory of the cross. And this cackling voice took over the person that we were trying to assist to find freedom. And the cackling voice basically said, I was there. This is a demon speaking out of a person. You can read about this kind of thing, of course, in the Word of God. Jesus dealt with it on a number of occasions. He had sent out the 70 before this who just in his name were able to deal with demonic forces. But here this voice took over as we were literally you torment the enemy when you read the Word of God out loud. And so as we did this, what happened was this this demonic spirit could have been lying but made the statement i was there and i kicked him and i'm thinking you know it's possible we've got to get a biblical mindset that satan and his demons have been around since well creation it's obvious we're in this mess because eve bought into the lie that that satan presented to her and she shared it with adam and he bought in and we had sin in our human experience. Instead of the wonders of paradise, we have at times hell on earth, don't we? Because of demonic forces. And by the way, it appears that God's allowing them to do more than they have in, in past years, because we're getting closer and closer to that intense time where the Savior returns, that the one who rode the the donkey, into Jerusalem and was being declared king will really return and be the king. and <laughs> I can't wait. But as the Spirit said this, it just blew me away that um, we're, we're dealing with the forces of darkness who have been around that long. They know us. They know our humanity. They know our fears. They know how to create our fears. And, and it's possible that that demonic spirit was saying what was true. That spirit could have been taking over someone that, that harmed, directly harmed the Lord when He was going the way of the cross. And it was all predicted in the Word of God and that this being beat on the head that was predicted back in Micah chapter 5 and verse 1 that a demonic source actually caused this to be fulfilled. Now, there are many others. It was predicted that his hands and his feet would be pierced, that soldiers would cast lots for his for his garment, that he would be offered sour wine as a bit of a sedative, that he would be beaten and they would spit upon him. He did this for us. He told us he was going to do it, and he knew it was coming. That's why in Gethsemane he prayed, Father, if it's possible that this cup could be removed from me, please Please remove it, but not my will, but yours be done. And he did this out of his love for us. I hope you understand that. Please, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, please turn to him now. Ask him. You bring nothing but your sins. Ask him to forgive you, and he will. The reason he died was for you and for me.